This is District Sentinel Radio, the newscast of record for the left. I'm Sam Sachs. I am Sam Knight. We're broadcasting out of the Sentinel Fort in Pistown, Washington, D.C. Check out the website, districtsentinel.com. Today is Thursday. A good day to subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com slash districtsentinel, because garbage can nominations are open. If you are a subscriber, you can submit a name to the garbage can nominating committee. And tomorrow they might end up a garbage candidate. Votes open Friday to see who gets tossed in this week. Also, it being Thursday, it means we're only one week away from the premiere of Means Morning News, the news show on Means TV. It's going to come out on Thursday, one week from today, airing at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, bright and early. Spend your morning with the Sams with Means Morning News. You know him as the star of Under Siege. Now Steven Seagal is under siege by the Securities and Exchange Commission. (laughs) Today, the SEC issued a press release noting it had charged Seagal, famous action star, for failure to disclose a conflict of interest while promoting cryptocurrency. Mm. So you might recall a few years ago, when Bitcoin was taking off and everyone was like, oh shit, someone's got to do something about this because it's going to be filled with scams. The SEC said that so-called initial coin offerings could be regulated like securities. And that's basically what they've done here with Seagal and his involvement with something called Bitcoin to Gen. At least it wasn't Dogecoin. (laughs) No. So basically, Seagal had been promised hundreds of thousands of dollars in cash between 250K and 750K in exchange to promote Bitcoin 2 Gen's ICO on his social media accounts. Seagal said that he endorsed the ICO, the initial coin offering, wholeheartedly and that the company declared... Quote, Zenmaster Steven Seagal has become the brand ambassador of Bitcoin to Gen. Seagal also... Glad to see he's still getting work. He urged his followers to not miss out on the coin offering. Well, evidently when you do this, you need to disclose how much you're getting paid to do this. And the SEC has tried to crack down particularly on celebrities endorsing things on social media without disclosing their material interest in the uh, the product that they're touting. So now big action man Steven Seagal is facing charges from the SEC. They're coming after the glimmer man. Not let this stand. Actually, he's a shithead, so this is funny as hell. He is a shithead, and uh, good luck getting the money out of him. What, isn't he like living in Russia as yeah. in tax exile now alongside Gerard Depardieu. <laughs> All right, let's get on with it. It's Thursday, February 27th, 2020. Here's the news. The stock market took a nosedive again this morning in what will likely be the sixth consecutive day of trading losses. At one point, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was down 3.5 percentage points. The reason why the line go down Bad news about coronavirus or COVID-19 is still coming. 
Yesterday evening, Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe asked for the entire country's education system to shut down early for spring break to help contain the respiratory virus. Here in the U.S., the Center for Disease Control said they likely found the first person to contract COVID-19 entirely within the United States in Northern California. So they didn't travel to China. They contracted the disease in the United States from another person with the disease. That's what likely has happened uh, in Northern California. And it's the likely first case of this, although we're still waiting on 100% confirmation. Also causing jitters, President Trump then contradicted the CDC in a, in a press conference last night, saying he did not believe that a major U.S. outbreak was inevitable. He also appointed Mike Pence in charge of crisis response. Pence is a cruel biblical dunce whose policies as Indiana governor exacerbated an HIV outbreak. President Trump then admitted to being completely ignorant about basic health facts himself, saying, quote, I think most people are amazed to hear it. The flu kills from 25,000 people to 69,000 people a year. That was shocking to me. Reflecting the doom and gloom, Goldman Sachs this morning revised down its economic forecast to say that U.S. corporate revenues will stagnate this year. And to compound this anxiety, we don't have a clear picture of what COVID-19 has already done in the United States. This morning, Health and Human Services Secretary Alex Azar testified before the House Ways and Means Committee and listened to what he said about CDC testing for COVID-19 in the U.S. So CDC invented a diagnostic within, uh, uh, I think, a week of getting the sequence from China. Um, it has three steps to it. They probably, in retrospect, maybe over-engineered it a bit. We at CDC have done over 3,600 tests there. We have had no backlog. We've added staff, et cetera. We shipped to all of our labs the test once it was approved by the FDA. What we found was that in some labs, the third step of that, they were having trouble with getting a control, a quality control validation on that. So it led to inconclusive results. We now, as of yesterday afternoon, the FDA authorized the use of those tests by using just the first and second step, provide a definitive diagnostic. So 40 labs are qualified to already be doing that. And then by this weekend, all 93 labs around the country that get these will have either CDC or on Monday, will have the private sector or on Monday, uh, a modified test that's even easier. Sorry, our pandemic test didn't work out, but we should be fully operational by this weekend. You're doing great, guys. You're doing great. The ironing out of these testing kinks might reveal more COVID-19 cases in the U.S. than previously reported. But even if they don't, and even if by miracle the spread of the disease stopped in the United States today, well, we'd still be fucked because of our reliance on Chinese manufacturing, which has been ground to a halt because of COVID-19, which has already infected about 80,000 people in China. Majority of deaths of COVID-19 worldwide have been in China itself. Part of the reason why you're seeing the stock market freak out. And here's Secretary Azar on how U.S. dependence on China is also hindering the medical supply chain. So we, we do have a real issue in terms of the supply chain being bound up so much in China. There is one bit of good news from our survey that FDA did. There are 20 products that are either whole or with a single source uh, active ingredient sourced out of China. So 20 of them, there's no alternative in that sense. We're aggressively monitoring, working with the industry. We're not aware of any potential shortages yet, um, but with device and pharmaceuticals, we are 
we're very much on the lookout for that and working to find alternative sites and supply chain. It's very cool how capital decides to set up pretty much all of the factories in a single country. Very cool indeed. Normally when the question is, is the media hyping something up? I'm usually saying yes. Yes, very much so. Uh, in this case, when they're canceling school in Japan for a month, when they're canceling the Hajj in Mecca, it seems pretty serious. Also, the market has now uh, had its biggest decline since 2008. Very cool and uh, very normal. The nation's education secretary, Betsy DeVos, was on Capitol Hill today making the pitch for more charter schools. It didn't go well for her when a new study was brought up showing what a scam charter schools are. The Network for Public Education released data in December showing that 37% of charter schools that received federal grants from the Department of Education either never opened or went bankrupt. Some 1,800 schools. That's a pretty high failure rate. Remember Solyndra? Remember, Republicans will still freak out about Solyndra, which was one green energy company that got one grant from the federal government under Obama, representing like 2% of total grants under that program, but it went bankrupt. So it was nearly an impeachable offense. Although for-profit charter schools are not supposed to receive federal grants, the study found that many, in fact, did. Although there really isn't much of a difference, both nonprofit and for-profit charter schools want the same thing, to get rich off something that should be free for all. And since 1995, the Department of Education has given charter schools billions of dollars to do just that, get rich off something that should be free. The report found that roughly a billion dollars of that money, of those grants, was lost to waste and fraud. Well, in today's hearing, Congressman Mark Pocan brought up this study and also mentioned the ways in which some of these charter schools were found to be spending their money, which again came courtesy of the Department of Education via grants. And we'll pick it up right there with Congressman Pocan grilling Secretary DeVos. It's a bit of a long clip, but it's a good one. Also, there was a, a school, the Idea Charter Chain, that have been awarded about $200 million in federal funds. Um, over the years, they got a $67 million grant, another $116 million. Yet, this is some of what they've spent their money on. Um, they had 400000 going to a luxury box and tickets for Spurs tickets. I don't think you'd see public schools getting a luxury box. Uh, they purchased uh, a property from one of their board members for $1.7 million. I don't think a school board member would sell their property to a public school. Uh, another board member got the commission on that sale on over millions of dollars of property. And uh, only after a lot of scrutiny did the CEO back off of uh, a plan to lease a private jet for $2 million a year over six years. So I guess my question on this terrible failure rate we have at charter schools that you're still advocating for, just a yes or no, do you think charter schools who receive federal funding should be allowed to use those funds to purchase private jets? Well, Congressman, yes I'm, no I'm not, no, it, it's not a yes or no question. It's well, yeah, actually, yes it no is. Answer. Actually, it really is. It's the um, definition actually, of a yes or I no question. Actually, I have a few things to say about the things that okay, you but, said about but, charter schools. Can you schools. answer my question, please, Secretary? Uh, Do you I think have a few federal funds... to say about what you said okay, about charter reclaiming schools. Reclaiming my time, Madam Secretary. Uh, the, the reclaiming report, my time. No, it's I'm a sorry. yes or no question the, I'm the giving you. The report that you referenced has been totally debunked as propaganda. So what percent of charter schools are failing? Do you have an idea? A number? I Any don't number? have a state. A, You're the a Secretary national. of Education and you don't have this. You know this report's charter wrong. Charter schools but you don't are have chartered by states. 
Yeah, they are not chartered by the federal you government. You know that that number is not right, but you don't have a correct number. Is that what you're telling me? What I know is parents and families so are choosing know. to so send their children the to charter schools. That's a yes or no. So you don't know the answer. Parents and children. Yes. Charter schools are chartered by states, and there's absolutely no way that we could aggregate the statistics of all 50 states to calculate a national rate. Or at least aggregate where your federal money from the Department of Education, how it's being spent to schools that you're giving it to. Secretary DeVos going really hard for charter schools. I guess it wouldn't surprise you to hear that the DeVos family is heavily invested in the charter school industry. Something that she incredibly tried to deny at first when asked about it by Congressman Pocan. Your family runs a charter, correct? That's a yes or no? No. <laughs> Your husband doesn't have a charter program? He founded a charter he school. He founded a charter. So when people think that you may have a conflict of interest because of that, what's Absolutely you, not. I'll let you not do a yes or no. You can respond however on that. I, I will respond in that my husband founded a charter school, which is meeting needs of students all over West Michigan. And he is up on the board, but he does not run the school. He <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. He's on the board, but he does not run the school. Let's make that clear. There are he founded other the school. He founded the school and he's on the board, but he does not run the school. Anyways, good line of questioning there from Rep. Mark Pocan. Of course, Republican snowflakes on the committee thought he crossed the line. Here is Rep. John Molinar right after Pocan's questioning. Uh, I do want to say that I'm uh, very troubled uh, by the tone of this hearing. And I feel like our... Uh, secretary is being badgered, and uh, I would ask the chair to consider that uh, as we move forward, because I, uh, I feel it's very unfortunate that we've come here to help um, meet the needs of our children, the nation's children, and uh, I think the tone of this hearing is very disappointing. The tone. Mm. Tone. <laughs> Fuck that tone. <laughs> Uh, in this case, it would not surprise you to learn that Rep. John Molinar was a former charter school administrator. <laughs> this, this is pretty illustrative of how so many nonprofits are a grift. Yeah. Because, I mean, technically, you can have people at a nonprofit making six figures yeah. and spending money on private jets and luxury boxes and uh, things like that. And it's still a nonprofit because technically your your hundred fifty thousand dollars salary and all your perks, that's just the cost of doing business. Yeah, yeah, you can still get really rich running a nonprofit. And your friends, especially really charter rich. school, <laughs> Michael Bloomberg. <laughs> Finally today, the Federal Trade Commission moved this week to block a couple of coal barons who were tired of competing with each other and tried to join forces. The FTC issued a statement on Wednesday announcing that it filed suit to block a proposed joint venture between Peabody Energy Corporation and Arch Coal. The two companies wanted to merge together their mining operations in an area known as the Southern Powder River Basin. It's located in northeastern Wyoming, an area known for its easy and cheap mining, which puts its coal in high demand from energy producers. Well, as the FTC notes, Peabody and Arch Coal are already the two largest coal mining operations in the country and really the only competitors in the Southern Powder River Basin. In 2018, the two companies were responsible for 60% of all the coal from that region. 
The director of the FTC's Bureau of Competition, Ian Connor, said of the arrangement, quote, This joint venture would eliminate the substantial head-to-head competition between the two largest coal miners in the United States, and that loss of competition would likely raise coal prices to power generating utilities that provide electricity to millions of Americans, end quote. The vote to stop the merger was four to one. The lone dissenting vote was Commissioner Christine S. Wilson, who was appointed by Trump in 2018. An administrative trial on the issue is scheduled for later this year, August 11th. And that concludes the newscast for today. Time to move on to the poetry portion of the show. All new subscribers on Patreon, patreon.com slash District Sentinel get their own haiku written for them and read on the air. This first one goes to Andrew. Helicopters and coal barons go together like ice cream and pie. Thank you, Andrew. Only certain types of helicopters. (laughs) Keep rolling the dice. Helicopters that function or don't function in a certain way. This is to Joe. Going to CPAC, buy prison Paul brain crystals, die of a blood clot. (laughs) Thank you, Joe. Finally, this is for Tito. Scamming self-checkout to make automation far less profitable. Thank you, Tito. Yes, thank you, Tito. And thanks to all the new subscribers over at Patreon. Again, that's patreon.com slash district sentinel. We'll get to more haiku uh, next week. Technopathos John Bradley, your poems are coming up. Okay, we are back tomorrow for subscribers only for the Garbage Can Show. Everyone else, we're back Monday with a brand new newscast. We're here in D.C., so you don't have to be. 